0: Hello and welcome, everybody. My name is Karlyn Kinney, and you are listening to my podcast, Hear Me Clear. And we're back. It has almost been five months since I last posted a podcast, and um, I say this every time, but you know, it just, there's a lot going on. Um, I think this time, my excuse, which is very valid, by the way, but I'm going to blame it on my computer breaking rest in peace it did me well while it was working first the mouse broke then this the the computer itself would overheat and considering how old it was um and how long that i i had it for six years so it was old it was like a 2014 um 11 inch macbook air that i bought from my high school when they were selling them when they were getting new computers so you know it was good while it lasted um It got me through until it didn't get me through. And so that's what I'm going to blame it on this time. And obviously, everybody listening to this knows the situation of life right now, like the situation the world is in right now. So much has happened in the last four months. It feels like the last four months or, you know, since January, it's been about six months since 2020 has started, and it has honestly felt like three years and in this podcast, I'm going to be talking about everything that's happened since I last posted. So my last podcast went up in February. If you haven't heard it, go listen to it. So it's been about four or five months and so much has happened. And that's what the podcast is going to be about. And the podcast might be a little long. You know, I'm I'm hoping it's going to be under 45 minutes, maybe even under 30. But honestly, with everything, everything that I'm going to talk about, I'm not sure. So it's going to be a little long. But if you stick with me, I promise. I won't I won't try to waste your time. I'm not going to actually, I can't promise anything. I'm going to try my best not to, not to waste your time. It might still happen. But, you know, what could you be doing really right now? You know, everyone's basically working from home just about. The world is still going back to normal. But for the most part, from what I know, from people that I know who listen to this, not much is going on. So, you know, you can just play this in the background and just kind of vibe with it. I'm going to be talking about a lot in terms of kind of some deep, content and you know i'm i a little bit controversial if you don't agree with my opinions that's fine but it is my podcast so and obviously everything's gonna be shortened everything that i'm talking about is gonna be shortened i could honestly do a, a few hours on each of the topics that i'm talking about but because i don't have a few hours you don't have a few hours we won't do that so i'm gonna do my very best to put it in just like maybe under 45 minutes honestly so much has happened i don't even really know where to begin chronological order would be I think the best to start you know I'm gonna definitely be jumping back and forth between topics because they really all kind of intertwine together we'll see what I decide to name this podcast the title of this podcast but um, I'm thinking like a ap- apocalyptic or end of the world or 2020 in flames basically because that's just basic that basically sums it up in a few words of how this uh, how it's basically been since the beginning first things first I am And for my last podcast, I talked about Valentine's Day and how I was hoping to be in a relationship, um, which happened. It did happen. That relationship did happen. And then it didn't happen. And it's nothing bad. You know, we ended on mutual terms um, just with everything going on. And it being long distance, I guess I didn't really think about long distance and kind of how like how much it sucks. Really. I don't know how people do it. I thought I could do it. And I just can't. I'm just not a fan of it at all. And, you know, with every relationship, there are issues, you know, but um, we ended it on mutual terms. We're still friends and um, it just, it just wasn't right. It's the first domino really of a bunch of events that have happened. It was a, it was a good run, honestly, you know, nothing's, nothing is wasted time. Um, Even the things that are bad can be lessons. And I learned a lot about myself. We learned a lot about each other. You know, it's just, it just didn't work out. And sometimes that's Okay. You know, I kind of honestly wish it just kind of like burst into flames because then it would give me something interesting to talk about. You know, I could talk about this and that, this and that, all the drama. Because, you know me, I love I love a good dramatic story, but really there's no, no drama to it. So nothing interesting there. Um, after, let's see, the elephant in the room, COVID-19, the coronavirus. So from what I know, coronavirus really became a thing in the United States in like April. So St. Patrick's Day happened. Um, The week before St. Patrick's Day, I was so sick. And um, it could have been a form of COVID. Honestly, I have no idea. But, like, I for a whole week and a half... So I woke up one day, the week before um, St. Patrick's Day. I woke up on the weekend. And um, I never really get sick sick. I've never really been sick sick. But um, I was struggling. I felt just terrible. And, you know, I just... I felt warm, you know, and I I just felt so sick. I don't even know how to explain it. It was absolute shit, honestly, hell, basically. But I'm living on on campus, and um, I'm not I'm like responsible, but also very irresponsible. I'm I I didn't have any medicine. I didn't own a thermometer, so when I felt sick, I kind of just like let it happen. I think I skipped class on Friday and called out of work and said I wasn't feeling good, and then Friday night, I'm pretty sure, um. I woke up like in the middle of the night from taking a nap, and I just I was I, I was basically like crying like you know how when you're so frustrated you start to like cry because you just you just can't figure something out well that's how I was I was so frustrated, and um I told my I texted my mom I was like I'm not feeling good at all like I like sh- what do I do like what medicine do I take should I go buy a thermometer, also my throat was so swollen I couldn't breathe barely I couldn't eat anything I couldn't take like. It was bad, like, um, and so, um, it could have been, I'll I'll just tell you about it. Um, so basically, I went to the college campus store and bought a thermometer. It was like four or five dollars for a piece of plastic, but, you know, it's fine. And then I bought ibuprofen for my fever. I opened up the box with the thermometer, and I pop it in, and I really just, I just thought maybe I was overheating, because I... I'm just naturally a very warm person, like cold at heart, but like temperature wise, very warm. I overheat all the time. I love cold weather. That's just how it is. So I wasn't really expecting anything like like a fever to show up. I just thought, oh, maybe this is like like I've heard like menopause is like that. I'm only like 20. So menopause isn't a thing. But like I thought, oh, you know what? Maybe it's like that. Maybe I'm just going through these like heat flashes. So I pop it in and I wait for however long until it beeps and i look at the temperature and i kid you not it was 104.1 104.1 now i'm no doctor but something tells me that that's not good and um i don't have health insurance i just i just don't and so i didn't feel like i was like gonna die so i didn't want to go to the emergency room but i feel like um it it that's like an emergency level so basically i took a picture Sent it to my mom and said, this is what my temperature is at. What medicine do I take? She said ibuprofen or Tylenol for my fever. Um, and so I took I took it. Basically, at this point, it was just me trying to like sleep through the night because she was like, you need to go to the health center on campus to get a note to get out of class and then also to get out of work. So I basically went to bed um, with a fever of 104.1. Obviously, it was a restless-ass sleep. I could not sleep. Um, I was sleeping like every 20 minutes and like every 20 minutes I was waking up and it was just hell. I felt like shit. I hadn't eaten anything all day. And then when I woke up, I woke up at 730 because you have to call to make an appointment, especially when COVID started to happen around this time. So you had to call to make an appointment. And um, so I called at like 730 in the morning to make the earliest appointment um, because I needed to get out of class. And so I took my temperature again that day and right before I went to the, um, health center. It was like 102.3. And I was like, I still have a fever, blah, 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 blah. So I went there. And um, honestly, they I thought I had COVID. Um, I was sick, we still really don't know what it was. But I went to the health center. That's the perk of having a car on campus. My freshman year, I didn't have a car. So I had to walk everywhere. And I did not feel good enough to walk. So at least I drove there. I drove there. at like eight in the morning was my appointment. I walk in, they give me a mask, and um, I wait. They call my name, and this person checks me out. So they took my temperature, and then they they did a flu test and a um, strep test because that's what I thought maybe I had also. Um, and if you don't know what a flu test consists of, um, it's very much like the COVID test. They stick a long Q-tip up your nose and kind of just, like, scratch your brain, and it's terrible. Oh, my gosh. It was ugh. I didn't know that was biologically possible to do Um, but it is there's a canal that goes all the way up and they did they sure they sure violated that area um she was like this is not gonna be fun and i was like oh yeah i'm sure it's not gonna be fun and it was it was a little more than not fun it was um terrible especially being sick and then she took a little stick to like scratch like my throat to see if i had strep and she's like okay open up and i opened up and She hit my tonsil and I almost, I, oh, thinking about it, I almost threw up on her hand right there. I gagged and I was like, oh my gosh. She was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. That never really happens. That was an accident. And I was like, well, I'm not mad, but I almost just threw up all over you. Like it was, it was a close call. So as I'm sitting there dying, sweating, like I sweat so much, it was, I was overheating, I was sweating. I'm waiting for my test results and the flu comes back negative the strep test comes back negative and I'm like well something's wrong because I'm sick and she was like your symptoms point to strep but you know this these tests have a high net like false negative so like you could have it and it, if it's a minor form she said it looks like you might have a minor form so you won't need antibiotics you can just sleep it off basically it's like strep a or strep c whatever it's called and I was like okay all I need from you, though, is a note. Get me out of class. Get me out of school. You know, get me out of work so I can just sleep because I love my sleep. So she was like, yeah, you're sick. We'll, we'll give you a note to get out for the next four days or whatever. And so she gave me the note. It was very nice. I took a picture of it and then, and then sent it to all my professors, sent it to my boss. And I was like, look, I'm sick. It says I need to be out of uh, out of class and work for at least three days. And COVID started to become a thing around this time. So everyone was very understanding. And, you know, so I, they were just like, of course, don't come back until you feel okay. So my note was for three days, but all my professors were very understanding. My boss was super understanding. She was like, don't come back unless you feel good. So the three days passed and I don't feel better. So I just stayed out for the whole week and then... UNL canceled for a week um, and moved classes online, and then I had spring break for a week. So I really didn't go to school. I didn't have class for three weeks, almost a month. And then they just closed down campus completely at the end of April, and um, everything was moved online for the rest of the year. So originally I would I planned on staying on campus and working my front desk job on campus because that was still being open because we have a lot of international kids who can't move off, like off campus because they live not in America and we also have a bunch of like kids who rely on living on campus to stay away from homes that they can't go back to um whether it's because you know they just don't have a home to go to or a relationship with their family or they feel safer or feel much better on campus so campus shut down classes were moved online but there were still housing places that were open and um so I had originally planned on staying on campus and working and just kind of vibing you know get my money easy work you know but then um found out that they were moving me out of my apartment somewhere else and I did not want that at all um I wanted to stay where I was because I didn't I was I didn't want to pack everything up that's why I was staying I was just gonna sit back, relax. I decided, you know, if they're gonna move me anyway, I might as well move back home and just be at home where I don't have to pay for groceries and stuff like that. And I can get my housing refund. So that's what I did. I moved home and um, finished out the school year online. Honestly, thank God. Online classes really saved my GPA um, because all of our exams for the rest of the year were open book. And um, I'm I'm not dumb, but I'm also not the greatest student there ever was. And um, if it's just not a priority in my head, I just, you know, it's just not a priority. So having my classes move on move online has was honestly a huge blessing in disguise. Yeah, I missed being on campus. Yeah, I missed living on my own. Yeah, I missed being able to be like around my friends all the time. But um, I didn't need to drop out because of it. So, you know, it's it's the small victories. And I thought at first that I would hate being at home, you know, because... I'm 20, turning 21 in a month, and, um, you know, being with your parents and being with your whole family, because my whole family was m- moving, like, online. Like, all my, my parents were working from home. My older brother, he's in law school at Creighton, and he was moving online, too, and being at home. So, I thought, you know, this is gonna suck. There's gonna be so much just, like, like, I'm gonna suffocate, basically. And it hasn't been like that at all, honestly. Um, It's been really enjoyable spending time with my family. We've all kind of just, like, hung out and stuff do we do our own thing during the day and just kind of hang out and it's been really good and i'm not working right now i wish that i were because i'm losing money and i'm running out of money so i wish i was working but um it's not the end of the world so really um i've had a really i've had a much better experience with covid than a lot of other people so um you know they say count your blessings i don't really talk much about like my personal life but um the family that i live with that i consider my family the people i consider my parents and my siblings actually like aren't my blood relatives they aren't by my ball biolo- up they aren't my biological family I moved in with them when I was 16 they took me in graciously into their home and um because they adopted my half-brother Josh who is my brother um but the family took me in and they've been they've been parents to me they've been more of a family to me than anybody else in my entire life and so um this time with COVID and you know kind of being forced to be in the same like area you know has been a real blessing because I feel like, I'm, I feel, I really feel like I'm a part of their family. So, like, I've considered them my family for a long time, but, like, it just, I don't I don't really know how to explain it really well. And this is, this is how I put it to one of my friends. I basically was like, you know, I came into their family at 16. You know, I became a part of their family at 16. Um, And it really feels like, and you know it's basically a stranger coming into your home your safe space and you know i've there's a long history behind there why they took me in blah 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 but basically you know it took a, it took a couple years for me to feel like i belonged there in a way you know because you don't want to feel like it's like imposter syndrome kind of you don't feel like you belong there you don't feel like you're worthy enough to be there and um you know i felt kind of guilty being a part of a family, taking things away from pe- other people in that family, but they're just so generous and gracious, and I love them to death. Um, and I've learned so much about myself and about, you know, family, really. And so this COVID situation is really making up for lost time, I feel like. It's given me an opportunity to make up for lost time that I didn't have. And so, you know, we're all. Ever, you know it's just it's just really nice i'm i've i'm having a bu- much i'm having a much better experience than a lot of other people so um you know i've been really grateful for the situation considering and that's enough sappy shit about myself and you know i i've always known covid was serious um especially when it first started and it's still serious the numbers are rising and i just think people care less you know compared to other countries the united states is doing absolute shit with covid uh you know Politically, I don't agree with how it's been handled. Um, Life could be somewhat back to normal had we just handled the situation seriously the first time and if people cared enough. But um, I've only just started hanging out with my friends and, you know, we started off doing parking lot meetups and picnics or whatever and being outside. We stay outside. And um, so for a long long time, I was just, just chilling at home, playing video games, doing school, you know, spending time with my family. But for like the first two months, I didn't know anybody personally who had COVID or anybody personally that like I had a personal connection with that was affected by COVID. And so um, I have always known it was serious, but I just didn't have, I just, it was kind of not in my head, you know, I just didn't really think about it. Then like I found out that for my mom, my mom's old boss um, got COVID and I consider this woman. She's a very smart, intelligent woman. I consider her kind of like a mentor to me. She's I would consider her as friends. She's retired. She retired this in a, this past, you know, in a, a, a year ago or whatever. So she's been truly living her best life, traveling and stuff. So I thought she was traveling, and I didn't know she was back in Omaha, um, where I live. And I found out that she was she has been home, but then she had COVID, and not just COVID. She had a serious case of COVID, and um, to the point where she she needed to get she should have gotten a hospital like been in a hospital bed to monitor it and stuff so the doctors basically said monitor yourself at home blah 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 but when I found out about it she had had it for a while you know and she was having really hard time breathing she got pneumonia because of it and it's like a reality check came into my head I thought I truly thought that this woman was gonna die and I have never experienced death before um, I've known people like personally, I've never had somebody die in my family or somebody that I cared about really. So I've been lucky finding out that somebody who you look up to and somebody that you care about might die so much so her situation is so bad that she was looking at making a will, like setting up her will, and she's young, you know, she's not old It's not like she's seventy five years old. Um, and it was just really scary. I think I couldn't sleep for like three days because I was so worried and My family and I, we we dropped off food and, like, did whatever we could and stuff. And she is better now, thankfully. Um, COVID-free, you know, she had pneumonia. So she still has a lot of, like, um, issues because of that. But in a couple months, she'll be back to normal. She'll be thriving. But before the situation happened, I hadn't known anyone personally who had COVID. And I didn't know anybody who had a serious case of COVID. And so knowing that she might die from it was so... I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to think. I, I was really scared for her because, you know, bad things happen to good people in a way type of thing. And I was like, she doesn't deserve this. Like, you know, it's just, it was just, it was so bizarre. But thankfully, she's back to normal. Not to normal, but she's much better. Um, and, you know, sent a lot of prayers. I prayed a lot for her. And I don't, I, I, you know, I believe in God, but I don't pray a lot for people. Ugh, sounds so bad. I don't mean it like that, but like I just, I really, I was praying for her a lot. I really wanted her to pull through because, I just you know you don't want people to die. It's just so I knew people were dying in the world, and it's very sad because of it. But I didn't want her to die, you know. And I I was I was saying you know God, please, I will do anything I need to do. Like please get her through this. If you believe in a, if, if you believe in any higher power, you know it doesn't have to be God. But I was. I was manifesting her to get better and I was really scared, but, you know, thankfully she's much better, but it opened my eyes a bit to the whole situation in a way. And just kind of like backtracking a bit, another thing that I would like to touch base on that has happened since I last posted my podcast is, um, you know, the, the race for the presidency, the race for the Democratic nomination that was happening, you know, the, we have a, we have an election coming up in this current year in November. And, um, it's going to be no matter what you believe in, no matter what side, no matter what your views are. It's a historic election. So I got really involved, you know, with the candidates running for the Democratic nomination because I consider myself a Democrat. Um, I'm I'm liberal, and I was I got really involved. I followed a lot. Of, I bought merch, you know. I was I was rooting for people, and um, my candidates all dropped out basically, and we we got left with Biden, who honestly, you know, it's. I, you know, he wasn't my first pick. He wasn't even my second or third or even fourth pick. Um, but I hate Bernie Sanders, so he's better than Bernie Sanders. And I definitely hate Trump, so I will be voting. I would I would have voted for anybody other than Trump, literally anybody. Um, but so, yeah, that's just a quick update. Um, I bought Amy Klobuchar merch. And then she dropped out and literally the next day, the day after she announced that she was dropping out of the race for the Democratic nomination, my merch came in. I was like, are you kidding me? So I wear it and I'm just like, oh man, you know, I still like her as a person. Um, I mean, a lot has come out since about her since her race for the nomination, but I still think she's a, I think she's a decent politician as, you know, as politicians go you know, you could have worse, you could have better. Um, and it just sounds so bad saying that, you know, it just sounds bad. But um, that's just that's that's the society we live in. That's the world we live in. Um, that's that's our country. That's our system. And I don't really want to get into that. Um, I think it will be in my I'm going to, you know, I have so much time now. I'm going to be doing podcasts left and right. I kind of got to, you know, I have no excuse now. So I really want to talk about it more. But just basically, you know, um, that also happened. And speaking of our system, I would be so naive and so privileged if I didn't bring up, you know, the system in which our country runs based on racism. Um, You may not agree with me, but, you know, in the past couple of months, we've had a huge movement for the Black Lives Matter movement. And I 100% support it. I am 100% behind it. Um, Black Lives Matter. um, If you, I don't want to attack anybody, but it's long overdue. And anybody who denies the systematic racism in which our country runs on is naive. They are privileged. They, frankly, honestly, stupid even, um, as like you can't you can't deny that racism exists the fact of the matter is this do you want to be a part of the solution or are you the problem and it's not you can't be a bystander in these kinds of situations you have to be a it's i just i see a lot of people not wanting to get involved because you know they don't want to get involved in the politics of it all but it affects everybody you know whether you're black white some other race you are affected by this injustice you know and you can't sit back and like watch it happen. You got to do all that you can. You can't just be anti-racism. You have to be anti the system. You just, it's just not an option. And if you think it is an option, I just, I can't, I I cannot meet you on a common ground about it. You know, I will not comp, I just will not meet in the middle with this because you can't. In my opinion, you just can't. And you know, I can't talk about certain things in this because I'm not black. I am a white Caucasian person. I have privilege, but I will talk about the things that I can. I will talk about what's right and I will talk about what's wrong. It's it's such a serious topic. This is such a serious thing. On May 25th of 2020, a man named George Floyd was murdered. And he was murdered by Minneapolis police basically a video somebody was a bystander was taking a video and the video went viral and let people know basically what happened a cop I'm not even gonna mention his name because he's a piece of shit the cop that was that killed him directly was kneeling on his neck for like eight minutes he was kneeling on the windpipe you know this guy was not resist George Floyd was not resisting arrest he didn't do anything wrong nothing wrong he was profiled and then he was murdered because of it because he was a black man and an innocent man lost his life because of the systematic racism in which the country continues to support black men and women are being murdered left and right by the police and it's being covered up it's being covered up it's being brushed aside it's you know Things that should never have happened are happening. I literally personally cannot even believe how how any of this has happened. You can't even justify any of it. It's evil. It's pure evil. But I think George Floyd's death really set off the movement, and it did. And, And since his death, people have been petitioning. People have been protesting. People have been raising money and raising awareness of many deaths caused by police and caused by our system on innocent black men and women George Floyd was not the only one and is not the only one and will not be the only one but his death I think caused the spark you know and thank God for our technology because had this happened even 10 years ago 15 years ago we would not have we would not have the evidence or the proof you can't deny hard hard proof. It is evidence and it wasn't tampered. You can't deny it. You see it, you can't deny it. And that's why I'm so confused sometimes because people will say this and that because of this, oh but this. But there are no buts. And they saw people recording and they this still happened. Imagine all of the things that are happening that aren't being recorded. So the Black Lives Matter movement has been going on for a couple months maybe and um cities and towns and places all across the country have been involved. You know, Other countries have seen the injustice and other countries have been protesting alongside with us and they are, and I see it and it's, it warms my heart because people care so much and they should care. And, you know, it's not, you can't, it's not something that you can ignore. And people have been protesting in my town in Omaha or the city that I live in in Omaha. We had a few protests because of COVID. I wasn't allowed to go to them, but my family and I drove by them with signs and stuff like that. And I've been nonstop, you know, doing all that I can. I've donated money. I, you know, I've been signing petitions. I've been retweeting, raising awareness, doing all that I can. And I'm still learning because I'm privileged. I I will never know to the full extent what it is, what it feels like to be black in America. So as an ally, what I can do, I can do all that I can. And that's what I, that's what I am trying to do. There will always be more things that I can do to help. And so I do, I'm trying all that I can. And I think we all should be doing that. Um, If you can't donate money, watch YouTube videos that YouTubers and influencers have said that they're going to donate the revenue made from that video to certain organizations and stuff like that. So I've been doing that. You just let the video play in the background. And through everything, I have been learning so much. And I think social media is a blessing and also a curse in a way. But I've been learning so much about the system in which our country runs on, you know. And it's just so, before this, I was very pro, I am still very pro-government. I believe in democracy at its core. I think it works at its core. Um, but because we don't live in a perfect world, our system is flawed. And I can admit that. And I can admit that I was wrong in a lot of things. And so these protests were, are happening still. Now, the media wanted, you know, the media, I'm so upset with the media as well, they think that they can say a story and make something into a story in a way that it's really not happening like that. You know, everyone is live streaming, everyone has phones, everyone is doing this and that and they're trying to make us, they're trying to make the movement into something that it's not, you know, trying to say, oh, these protesters were protesting and rioting and, you know, looting, blah, 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 blah. So the police were doing this, blah, 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 blah. You know, the media coverage on the protesting has gone down significantly. And, and in my head, I'm like, why do they, why do they only want to cover the bad stuff? You know, why do they want to make something and it's not? The Black Lives Matter movement is a beautiful movement and it's going to be changing the world. So I, I'm upset with the media. I don't trust the media anyway. You know, it's a great way to get information, but you can't take it. You have to take everything with a grain of salt. But the protests have been happening and they still are happening. And if you are protesting and if you're listening to this, please continue to do it. Please continue to fight. You know, we have to do all that we can. And um, use your voice. Use your platform. Do whatever you can to do to make this world a better place in a way, as cliche as that sounds. But... You know, I want to talk about now the the um the police. You know, the police. We growing up, the police had such a high prop. There was so much propaganda growing up about the police, how they're the people that you call when you need help. You know how they're the good guys. They fight the bad guys. And from a very young age, I had bad experiences with the police. I grew up in a very um abusive home. A very tra- I had very traumatic life experiences. And you know who I you know who I went to for help? I went to the police for help, and they didn't do anything. I've had really bad experiences with them. So from a young age, from like a younger age, I have always known that I did not like them. I didn't trust them. And it's not that I have a problem with authority; it's I had a problem with them. You know, I've only ever met one police officer personally who truly what what I imagined a police would do. From what I know from our interaction, he was the only one I've ever met that that really embodied the idea of what they were supposed to be doing I hate getting pulled over by the police I get anxious I get nervous even if I don't do anything wrong and I'm white you know I'm young and I'm white I can't even begin to imagine how people of color feel and I think about it and it it, it's so it's so upsetting because I just don't I I literally don't get it. I don't understand why people are racist. I don't understand why this is a thing. You know, there's I it is it is such a concept that I just can't there's no way in my mind I can make it make sense because it doesn't. None of it makes sense. And it's just I'm just I'm honestly truly at a loss for words for the whole for the whole thing, for everything. I've been able to learn about the system of the police. And I'm 100% behind the Black Lives Matter movement, and I am 100% behind the uh, Defund the Police movement, you know, A cab all the way. Before I get my throat jumped on by people who are hashtag Blue Lives Matter movements or hashtag All Lives Matter movements, that is such bullshit. Those movements are movements to, to go against the Black Lives Matter movement. Somewhere in your head you think it's okay to... It's just so ignorant. The statement ACAB, which means all cops are bad or all cops are bastards, you know, of course there are cops who are good people. Of course. No one is denying that, you know. But the statement, people are taking things so just like not how they're supposed to. It means the system in which they have willingly chosen to be a part of is is bad. And it is. The system they have willingly chosen to be a part of is bad, ergo making them bad, and it's that simple. The police force originated to keep slaves in line. The origins in which the police came from were based on racist values. And the system in which the police were made from and the system in which they are has not changed very much. And that means that there it is still a racist system If you look at the facts in America, black people, people of color and minorities, black people though, are convicted of crimes at a higher rate for the same crimes than white people. The prison system is bad. So you have black people at a higher rate being convicted of crimes than the white counterpart, basically, because they're black, because our system is racist. They get sent to these prisons that are bad, And these prisons don't reform anybody. These prisons don't help anybody. And these people who just went through, who shouldn't have gone to prison probably. There are a lot of people. There are a lot of black people who should not have gone to prison that did go to prison for a very long time. And they come out and their lives are basically ruined. They are now felons. They are now convicted criminals. They can't get jobs where they want. It's hard for them to get education. It's hard for them to pick up where they left off. The world changes by the time they get out. They can't make the money that they need. So, you know, it's a, it's a cycle. And the cycle is bad. The cycle is racist. And, you know, I don't know all the stats, but I know this. The system needs to change. Now, going back to the police, um, the police need to be defunded. You know, the police need to go and the system that they're a part of needs to be built from the from the ground up. It needs to be torn down and built from the ground up. That's the only way that we can see true improvement. The funding that they get, the budgets that they have are just completely absurd. In the middle of a pandemic, when our economy is crashing and failing and falling apart, these police at these protests were dressed in brand new riot gear. Where the hell did that money come from? We have Americans starving, people dying. Our healthcare system is terrible. People can't afford healthcare. People can't afford to live, especially during a pandemic. You have children out of school. Parents can't afford to watch them. But the police can be dressed up in full riot gear when a lot of that money could have gone to people. You know, I am not a socialist. I don't like the idea of socialism, but it doesn't make sense. We are in a pandemic. The world is completely changed for the rest of our lives. This is a historic time we're living through, and people are dying because of this pandemic. People are starving because of this, even more so. Like This pandemic has—I just—I'm so angry with, with our government. I'm so angry with it because— you know, even though I'm in a good place, I'm living with my family. My parents have still have their jobs. A lot of people didn't, and a lot of people still don't. And it's just, I know I'll be okay, but there are a lot of people who weren't okay and who won't be okay, and a lot of people who didn't get the $1,200 check from the government. $1,200 to last us four months is nothing. It's nothing. That's that's pocket change. When you have businesses, corporations getting all these big government loans and stuff to survive. That's so messed up. Before this, I don't consider myself a socialist. I don't consider myself, I don't believe in the idea of socialism, but when you when I sit back and look at and I look at the situation, you know, our government cares more about corporate America, cares more about the economy than people's lives, the people in which the America would the people's lives that America would be nothing without. You know, and it's sad and it's, and it's, and it's disappointing. And so, you know, and again, I would like to reiterate the fact that when I say a cab or defund the police, you can have police who are good people, but the system is bad and it needs to change. And it's just as simple as that. It needs to change. And, you know, I just, I literally don't understand. I can't understand how someone could be murdered for the color of their skin. I don't get it. It's disgusting. I, it's just sad when I think about it. You know, I just, it doesn't make any sense. Why, how, how is it possible? You have children being murdered because of the color of their skin. Brianna Taylor, the police entered her house illegally. And shot her while she was sleeping. She had a life. She had family who loved her. And she was murdered in her sleep. What She was sleeping. What was she doing? Nothing. And the police entered her house illegally. And they murdered her. And they still have not been charged and brought to justice. And I'd like to talk about the looting and the rioting of the aspects of the protesting and stuff going on. And you know, me being a white person, I have no right to say or or tell anybody of color how they're supposed to feel, of how they're supposed to react, of what they're supposed to do. All my job is is to support and be an ally. And I would really like to note, um, I'm so proud of everybody protesting. I'm so proud of everybody donating. I'm so proud of everybody raising awareness. I'm so proud of everybody getting involved because like I said earlier in this podcast, you can't not be involved in this kind of stuff. This is... This doesn't a this isn't just a single issue. This is a system issue. And we are all affected by it. And I'm just so I'm proud of my generation especially. Um, you know, my generation is really pulling through and I it's just so impressive, you know. We get made fun of a lot that we, you know, being growing up on internet and technology and stuff, that we are incapable of You know, as the boomers say, we're incapable of working hard and blah, 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 whatever bullshit that they like to say and complain about us. But truly, I think my generation will change the world. And so I hope the movement doesn't die down. I hope we continue to put pressure on politicians. We continue to put pressure on the issues and, you know, small victories if we got to do it step by step, step by step, we're going to change the world. We're going to make this right. We're going to get justice. And we're not going to rest until it happens. And for anybody listening who doesn't agree with me, what, 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 with what I said, I urge you to try and educate yourself. Reach out. Let's say you're a white person. Reach out to somebody you know who's black, you know? The worst thing you could do is argue an opinion, argue a point without being educated first on the facts. And, you know, that's all I have to say about it, really. Um, I want to go more in-depth of the issues with statistics and with facts and proof and stuff, um, which I might do in a later date on the podcast, um, just because I it's important to talk about. But this is just a generic podcast of what's been happening since I last posted. And so it's been a serious topic. It's It's a serious topic, and... I wish that life was so butterflies and rainbows, and, but it's not. It's not all the time. And if I didn't talk about it, if I didn't talk about it, if I did not bring it up, it shows my privilege and it shows ignorance. And it, It's something you have to do. You People should be wanting to do it. I want to talk about it. I want to bring light to the issues. I want to make change. But for people who don't want to, well, you should be just because it's the right thing to do. And on that note, I just want to thank everybody who listened to the very end. This this podcast might have been really long. I'm not too sure yet until I edit it. But thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I will be doing my very best to try and do better. I don't keep promises because we know how that went. Um, But I'm manifesting it for myself to do better, to put to put more content out there. I want to talk about a lot more stuff. I got a lot on my mind. I got a lot to talk about. I talk too much sometimes, but that's OK. And so I just want to thank everybody for listening. I really appreciate it. My name is Karlyn Kinney, and you just listened to my podcast, Hear Me Clear.